When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Episode 143, Bar Down Breakdown, and we are here with the homie Rishi from Eternal Boy, curator of the Four Chord Music Festival, avid hockey fan. And before we jump into it, let me just talk about the appreciation of something that I have. So as you heard the intro with that Eternal Boy song, I don't know if you knew, but there's this little thing that I love that musicians do when sometimes they go out of the diatonic, like I'm getting a little music nerdy here, right? So like, you know, you've got your major scale that just goes from like, you know, do to do, right? But mm-hmm. that little interlude you had where you 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 hop on that that flat seven. Yep. I really appreciate that, man. That's something. I have no idea what you're talking about. So it sounds good to me. It's just like one of those things where it's like a lot of pop artists and like punk bands, like they don't think to do that kind of stuff, but like little flourishes of musicianship. I just, I can't get enough of that. So, well, you know, we learned from the best Beethoven, Chopin, there it Chopin. Is. <laughs> those so, are the guys. Those Chopin. are the dudes. <laughs> Love me some Beethoven, dude. That's, <laughs> but I, I can, I can definitely appreciate that, but we also appreciate the time you've taken to be on here with us. So thank you so much. Um, Tons to talk about uh, before we we just dive into hockey, and I'm sure we're gonna have a blast chatting about that. Let's talk a little bit about um, let's talk about Eternal Boy first because uh, we can uh, you know Four Court is such an awesome thing, and it's great that you know you've you've curated that and it kind of started from you know a, a small little thing and has grown to be enormous. But uh, Eternal Boy rules, man. So uh, give me some insight uh, about 
um, how long Eternal Boy has, has been a band, the kind of genesis and how it's sort of developed into what it is now. Cool. Well, first of all, thanks for being here. I love the podcast. I caught up on all the episodes. Uh, you know, there are a few things that are as important to life in life to me as hockey and music. So this is like the absolute best, uh, best podcast I've been on. So Eternal Boy been around, uh, we since 2017, but prior to that, we were a band called the space pimps for many, many years, which, uh, we are glad we got rid of the name. It was not really the socio-political climate, nor was it the, you know, representative really of anything. We just kind of got stuck with the name, but, but things yeah. picked up really well with, with the space pimps over, you know, the, the 2000, you know, sixes, sevens through 2017. We are a byproduct of the early 2000s, you know, punk rock, pop punk world. Mm-hmm. Um, without drive through records, Eternal Boy probably wouldn't exist. And for those that don't know what drive through Re- records is, you can Google it. Um, we have had a lot of cool shit happen, you know, since 2017, we did the name change. Uh, the last record uh, by the Space Pimps was called Eternal Boy. So there's kind of a cookie trail that leads back to that. Um, we released our debut record under Eternal Boy called Awkward Phase in 2017. Did great. There's a, a bill, wait, where is it right here? Billboard record right there, which, it, you know, the dream come true whenever we got we got that news. Things have been cool. We, we tour a lot. We've been all over the world. We played in china japan europe canada um you know us obviously so we're grind we're grinders and i think that the ethos of eternal boy uh it's all about grinding and all about doing what you love and our most recent record bad days are over came out in may of 2021 um and it's it's been weird not playing shows (laughs) now did i see correctly that was nominated for a grammy so, yeah, so uh, there's like processes with the Grammy. I actually don't know how this happened. Uh, I'm still, I've been trying to figure out for the last three weeks, but uh, <laughs> there's like three processes where like it gets screened out of thousands of bands and then um, it gets to the ballot and there's about 30 or 40 artists in each category that make it to the ballot. And then from that, the Academy votes and then that's the, it, it gets down to the eight or so that make it actually to the, the Grammy Awards. So we're not, I mean... Whenever I'm trying to impress people, I say I'm a Grammy-nominated artist. But like in reality, <laughs> it's it's kind of the it's the third, fourth round, which is still very, very, very hard to do. But um, so we're we're gonna find out Tuesday. Tuesday. I mean, there's no way we're getting on the ballot, but we're gonna find out Tuesday that we didn't make it on the ballot. So <laughs> that's, that's yeah, awesome. I can't I can't think of like a pop punk artist that has made it that far, like through the process, and maybe like. I, has fallout boy Fall I, I, boy, I mean they were all on ballots I, blink blinks recent record california was up for the grammy for best rock and it lost to i can't remember who it lost to but yeah i mean pop, you know i mean you guys only to explain to, to you veterans you know i mean pop punk was obviously i i don't want to speak for you but i assume based on you know a lot of the conversations we've had right it's it changed our lives to some degree punk rock oh, and yeah. pop punk and then absolutely uh, it kind of died off and, and it still is a bit dormant, but that's the cool thing about it is it's just dormant. So I hope mm-hmm. that maybe, um, you know, it'll make its way through to the mainstream once again, led by us as a Grammy oh, nominated sure. artist. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I, I know. Speaking of Grammys, um, I, I, I just saw, uh, it looks like the turnstile record that came out. If you're into, uh, a little bit of hardcore, it got Love nominated it. for a bunch of stuff, which I think is, uh, is really wild. Cause I mean, I can't. I, the first time I think I saw Turnstile was maybe like 
in a room with like 80 people. And I mean, Me it was too. Just like it was crazy, but love that good. band. Oh, it's so good. That record is so good. It's, it's transformative. It's definitely good for, for hardcore. It's good for rock, but so you're talking about drive through records and I think um, kind of a cool parallel. So I know this, uh, the last record you did with, uh, with Chris Badami, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he is like the guy, I mean, I, I think he did like half of the, records on drive-thru i mean he did hidden in plain view the starting line he did early november so i mean like what was it getting to work with someone who literally like like kind of was integral in like the pop punk pedigree of the early 2000s what was it like you said you said that perfectly you guys are very articulate speakers it's very very different (laughs) the the teacher's (laughs) not but um, we try i'm sure i'm short and to the point (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i mean chris Badami is is uh um he's houdini to make a band like us sound good uh he i mean we obviously we grew up i mean certainly like, say it like you mean it like changed my life i mean yeah. like he worked on alistair's records who drive through mm-hmm. records bands he did um even when when drive through uh created a sister label called rushmore records he did yeah. a day at the fair he did like the houston calls records mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean it's cool. He's he's our boy actually now. Like we were really nervous. We did a, a, a Space Pimps record with him, and like, dude, I was we were so nervous going there. We were like, dude, we suck at playing instruments. This guy's gonna like, you know. And then you walk into a studio and he has like, you know, gold records and, and stuff. I mean, he's pretty. If they did a documentary on Drive Through, he would certainly be a uh, central piece to that because he yeah. helped those bands hone in their sounds and he. He's the best, man. I mean, he's not only, like, the funniest, awesomest dude to work with. Like, you don't feel like – not that, like, playing music even ever feels like work. But, like, you don't feel like you're, like, doing work when you're in a studio with him. He's just, like, making fart jokes and, like, he's, like, one of the guys, you know. So he's the best. He's awesome. And he helped us – he helped make us sound how we sound. That's awesome. And uh, also, he also um, – he did, I think, almost every single record for one of my favorite bands who are – not in the pop punk space whatsoever, but uh, if you're familiar, this band called Trophy Scars, oh. who are this just unbelievable. I, I don't even know what you call them now. I mean, they were a post hardcore band. Now they're kind of this like bluesy, psychedelic rock band, but uh, one of my favorite bands, and he's done every one of their records. And the thing I think that's so impressive about, about Chris's work is every Trophy Scars record sounds a little bit different, not only sonically, musically, of course, but just like the... The, the type of just like grit that they got on stuff and uh, you know, all the layering they do, man, it's so fantastic. So he's, he's a treasure. You're absolutely right. He is. And dude, uh, to add to that, do you know that John from trophy scars is the engineer at studio B in a studio? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. John's a cool guy too. He is uh, he's like, again, a musical maestro, but they, yeah. uh, we were recording, when we were recording this most recent record, Bad Days Are Over, they were in Studio B finishing up songs too. So mm-hmm. uh, John's a great guy too, but that connection's really close because like they work with each other too every day now. So yeah, that's awesome. And one of those things I gotta try to figure out. I've been trying to get Needly in there to see if any of the dudes in the band are are, are Devils fans. I'm gonna find out at some <laughs> point, and if I do, I'm gonna get them on here for sure. But dude, I'll so make the hookup. I'll make the hookup for sure. John's a good guy. Yeah, if you could if you could see if they're if they're hockey fans, I'd love to have him on and just pick his brain because totally. literally some of the stuff they've done is just like is wild. But mm-hmm. so on on that on that topic, uh, let's you know kind of chat a little bit about the new record. So, um, bad so bad days are over. Obviously, you've got it. 
on you know four chord music, which of course is your own uh, entity. Is that correct? That's correct. So um, I always like to talk to you know artists that are putting music out on their own labels and their own imprints and stuff, just because I know that that can be um, a very liberating thing to do because you don't have to conform to what like a label is asking you to do. But at the same time, it can be very, uh, very difficult. <laughs> so um, what was uh, your experience putting out this record by yourselves, especially, you know, I wouldn't say maybe in the midst of a pandemic, but towards the tail end of a pandemic, but maybe still a pandemic, but in definitely a tumultuous time. So what was that like for you guys? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, we're definitely still a pandemic and it got released like right in the heart of it, right when the when the vaccine started getting rolling out. But mm -hmm. yeah, so I started Four Core Music, the label in 2017. Honestly, we, this, under the Space Pimps and even Eternal Boy, we've had every single close call you could possibly think of. I mean, <laughs> stories that you wouldn't even believe about record labels and about, you know, major labels flying to Pittsburgh to see us play in our hometown shows and, you know, getting promised this and promised that. And, you know, you, you reach your, you know, your, your, your early thirties and you're just like, yo, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, you know, we're either gonna, we're either gonna like quit thinking about labels or we're just going to quit playing music. So we decided to just quit thinking about labels. And I started four core music. I signed eternal boy. And then I signed a few other bands too. a band actually from Canada. And uh, the bass player of this band is in play fight, which you had on your yeah. podcast, oh, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a band called Fortune Cove. They used to be called Harbor. One of the best, most premier, perfect, old school pop punk bands that is coming out today. You need to go check out Fortune Cove when you can. Um, so I signed them. I signed another band. Um, and then I signed us. And I mean, it's really being a record label today is all it's just it's your marketing firm is all it is. It's not about securing distribution anymore. It's not about getting your record in stores. There are no stores for your record to get into unless you're vinyl, which is obviously a huge, a huge thing that Four Core Music does. But um, it becomes a marketing game and, and how much buzz you can create, who you can schmooze to get on a, a Spotify curated playlist. And uh, running a label is just like being in a band, except you're, you're being in the band of other bands too uh, in order to get stuff done. So it's difficult, it's fun. First couple releases not profitable, not supposed to be, um, but things are things are getting much better now. Um, probably have two or three more signings over the next year or two, and um, but the, but running a label is is just like being in a band. It's a grind, and you got to love the grind in order to be able to to make it work. Yeah, that's one of the things um, we we had heard uh, when we interviewed uh, our, our buddy Corey from from Near Mint Records, who have been doing some great stuff. And I remember he was saying, "Yeah, like the first couple of things you do, like." You've got to be lucky enough to have some capital to do it because you know you're not going to make a return on that investment. But you know, once you start really tumbling down that that that, uh, that big old hill, uh, it starts working. <laughs> the big sure. old hill. Yeah, that's that's, that's what it is. So, uh, but but yeah, go ahead. Um, I want to jump in. Yeah, I know. So, you, do. I know. you know, being the head of a label could be dangerous especially for like tom and i who are music lovers because you would just want to sign like all your <laughs> homies right like that you know are like grinding it out and you're like i'm a fan of this band like i i believe in them like how do you not do that because obviously like on the mat like the owner side that could totally put your label in, in crumbles if you just do that so that's such a good Tell question. Me about that. That's such a good question. That's like one of the best questions I've ever been asked ever about about this. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, like honestly, like being in a band and 
you know, running the festival and running the label, like it's all about being your boys, you know what I mean? And like your homies. So like, I get a lot of shit for the festival from a lot of people, particularly bands from Pittsburgh and even, you know, regional bands that I put the same low build bands on the festival every year. It's like us keep flying a band called lookout Loretta fortune coat, like these bands that are like our boys, but it's like, that's why we're doing this. Right. Like, I mean, like if you don't, if you don't help out the people that are around you, like what's the point, like when you have even a little success to not do it. And I do, I do um, struggle with that with the label a little bit, but I also think that the best, labels and when i say best i mean the most holistic organically driven the drive-through records the pure noise records the the vagrant records they started by signing their homies Mm -hmm. so i think that um thankfully all of our homies are in really good bands so (laughs) it's it's a matter of convincing them that i can do something more for them that they can't already do for themselves really now I'm not sure if you're familiar with this band but i'm just like curious because if i had a label i would sign them in like a millisecond the band driveways yeah so yeah that's i don't know much about the band but i do know that like we we are one of the like similar artists on spotify we always get with driveways and that i don't know much about them i know that they rule though they're really good um don't know much about them but uh that is a really interesting kind of point like a a lot of the bands that i discover now that that aren't you know, signed to Pure Noise or signed, you know, these labels that you end up hearing are from that Spotify uh, similar artist thing. So mm-hmm. that's like one of the coolest things that comes out of Spotify. There's a lot of horse shit that comes out of Spotify, but um, I'll have to check out Driveways more. I definitely will. Yeah, I'm just like so curious, especially in like the age of streaming. They're like crushing it. And it's yeah, just dude. like, whoa, check them out where right are now. all these? Yeah, where are all these labels and why are they not just like <laughs> plowing down their doors <laughs> drive ways yeah dude wow two hundred thousand monthly listeners that is nutty dude where nutty. are they from boston wow dude that's gnarly yeah and no i mean that's teachers. that's unheard of the teachers yeah oh yeah. let's sign them yeah right <laughs> pick them up <laughs> pick them <laughs> I I'm glad that. you got. I took a risk there, hoping one of you would know where that's from, and I'm very glad that you did. Oh, of course, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, we go. <laughs> love it, love it. So, I guess you know we 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 talked two of your babies. Let's talk your third baby, which Ooh. is the Four Chord Music Festival. Just had year number seven. Like, I don't want to talk year seven. I want to talk year one. Oh, tell tell, tell me about year one, like because when you start a big endeavor like that, like a festival, it's so like scary. So tell, tell me about some of those fears and, 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 you know, all those things that were playing in your mind that you're like, well, this can go terribly wrong. We might get sued. Like this is going to be a nightmare. (laughs) Tell me about that and how you Uh, still like pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, started in my twenties and ultimately four core music festival gave birth to four core music. So four core music festival is a great platform to, um, and it's growing and there's stuff that I'm doing for four core music festival eight, that is going to really make it grow. Uh, so it's, it's good leverage point for some bands too, but year one, ah, the most fun, man, the most fun when you have no fucking idea what's going to happen. You have no idea what's going to happen next. Like that's what sucks about getting older, by the way. <laughs> it's not the getting older part. It's the fact that nothing feels new anymore. You have an opinion about everything. You've tried something or at least something tangentially related to everything. So year one, I, I was sick of uh, tours passing on us. We'd submitted to 
tons of tours and, you know, again, the close call thing. And so I was like, fuck it. We're just going to do something in Pittsburgh. It was a, it's a, it was used to be at a 1200 cap venue in Pittsburgh. Year one was the wonder years headlined, um, real friends, modern baseball turnover. Uh, we are the union rust belt lights. And then at the time we were still called the space pimp. So, and I remember this is 2015 turnover was not what turnover is today. Modern baseball was not what they were today and real mm-hmm. friends were not what they are today. So the big band, obviously the huge band then was the wonder years that, that did that. And it was, it was weird. You know, I knew I didn't know much, you know, in terms of like the, the, the fine print. Right. So like my best friend uh, from high school happens to be a lawyer. So he uh, helped a lot. Um, he, you know, we reviewed contracts and I remember I was so nervous uh, about getting these contracts and missing something. We spent, 14 hours reading over an eight page contract, marking it up. And we sent it back to the agents for the wonder years. And they were like, yo, like nobody ever reads these contract. Nobody ever <laughs> marks this stuff up. Um, ended up going. Okay. Uh, a girl did fall on her head and uh, was unconscious for a little bit. And I thought I was going to get sued, um, but we didn't get sued. And then I realized, Oh, you should buy insurance, right. In case something happens. So year two, we got insurance, but yeah, first year is real fun, man. You're, you're flying by the seat of your pants. It was, you know, it was packed. It was sweaty. It was everything you'd think about in a festival. Um, but again, it was at a club. So there was a tiny stage in the back of the venue we built with our hands. And wow. then the, the stage in the actual venue that, that, that's, uh, that is stationary. So it's always fun the first time. First kiss is great. First time you drive a car with nobody in the car with you but yourself is great. And the first time you almost get sued at a music festival is the greatest. <laughs> Listen, so I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna zoom it up to to four chord seven, right? So, I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand times, but I I, I can't not ask it. Um, how do you book Blink One Eighty Two? Well, first of all, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, Blink Blink changed my life. Uh, changed my life unequivocally. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean. I remember the moment that I stole my sister's dude ranch CD when I was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, I mean, I, it just changed. I can't even articulate or put into words. Like that's why I like, I was like, Oh, when I meet Mark, like I don't even know what I'm going to say if I were yeah. to meet Mark. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So it's, it's just really gotten more. Um, I got to say, if you ask a lot of these agents that represent these bands, they know me as the dude that's never going to stop, you know? And, and like, for better, for worse. And like, I don't care if they don't like me. I I don't know. I just have lost this sense of like, Oh my God, I better, I hope they like me mentality. And I think that a lot of the agents respect that. And a lot of them just want me to fuck off. Um, (laughs) But it just so happens that um, in 2019, we had the offspring. Well, we, I mean me, it's, it's only me, Um, the offspring and simple plan. And the agency that runs that, that represents the offspring also represents blink as well as Taylor Swift and fallout boy and a million others. But Mm -hmm. And so that went okay. And then the following year, I, I just hit up their agent. I'm like, yo, I'm like, I'm going to email you every day until, or call your office every day. And this is the president of this, of this agency. I mean, he's, um, I don't know if there's a more important person in the touring side in the entire music industry than this person. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to stop calling your assistant or you every day until you give me a shot at Blink. He gave me a shot and he said, you know, uh, you, got, you better make sure that this goes well. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure. And of course, pandemic hit, we had to push it back. And then obviously Mark got cancer yeah, and, yeah. um, which praise Jesus he's, and he's doing better, he is, but, yeah, um, sure. 
they so they canceled all their 2020 tour dates uh i was obviously devastated i, I put mm -hmm. my my life savings and everything you could possibly think of into yeah. the show but worked out okay and that's how it happens it's again i if, if you don't have a connection, it's, it's about grind. It, everything yeah. I do in life is about grind every, every mm -hmm. single thing. So yeah. that's how blink happened and then didn't happen. But I mean, and, and, and it's like, you know, maybe they're not ultimately on the level of blink, but I mean, you know, you got rise against to fill in who are by no means, no slouches. I mean, they're, they're an enormous band too. But I mean, when you look at that, that festival lineup, you know, it's like, it really is astounding. I, and, and then like, you know, just looking at the pictures of it and the enormity of it all. And, you know, you guys taking over a whole baseball stadium. I mean, it's just like, you know, talking about episode one to episode seven and then whatever is coming for episode eight. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, like, how, how do you stay humble? <laughs> well, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I, there's a million people involved, obviously. I mean, that four core music and four core music festival is just me, but mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there are sound and lighting people that I've hired that, you know, killed sure. it. And, mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's not a big deal to me at this point. It, it's, okay. it's, not, it's, it's, uh, I'm not, how do I say that? That, that sounds, that sounds, uh, incredibly egotistical. I don't mean it in the sense that like, it's, it's not a big deal that I, it's, it's mm -hmm. more like, like, yo, like, cool. This year was fucking awesome. I had, looking back on it, like when I'm by myself, I'll reflect on it and I'll be, and you know, I'll shed a tear and say, dude, like, I don't know how this happened during a worldwide pandemic. There was no super spreader event issues. There was no, like all of that stuff is great. Um, but you know, date literally the day after the festival ended, I was on the phone with agents for, for the next, for the next year. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like to think I'm a, I'm humble, but I just, I just want to do more. I just want to do better. I want to make it better for, for people that were there. I want to, you know, improve on the things that, that didn't go great, you know, on the mm -hmm. back end. But, um, it's definitely difficult. I mean, you can ask my friends and my wife and, you know, it, it, it's, it is a full-time job. I mean, without question. And when I look back at the, that comp video and I look back at the pictures, dude, I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, I, I, it's, it's, um, it leaves you speechless. It, it takes your breath away, uh, knowing that, that where it started and where it's at, you know, um, maybe I should do a, a, a TikTok where it's like, this is where it started. And now here's where we're at. Um, but Go for it. I don't really, I wish I had a better answer. I, I mean, it's, 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 it's easy to stay humble whenever you're constantly grinding. That's a good answer. Sure. Now, since it sounds like you and I have similar personalities, um, you know, you, played warp tour yep many times warp tour doesn't exist now like there's that void there is a void where there's not like a traveling festival that must have come into your mind right it did um but here's a better question for both of you does warp tour can can and should warp tour ever be replaced <laughs> that, that's See, a tough tough question I, I, and i have an opinion on that i mean well, I go think, for it. you know when you think yeah. about it like at the core of warp tour you, you got your your you know real big fish less than jake's like those are the staples but it sounds like you've built your own version of that now with four court like you 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 know you mentioned keep flying like you could have replaced keep flying years ago but the fact that you've stayed loyal to them like keep flying is now just like you know, they're, they're on the up and like, you know, who knows if you take this festival another five years, like 
keep flying could be at that level of like a less than Jake or a real big fish. Who knows? Like, yeah. You, yeah. You I mean, it, it, it'd be, around that. It would be sick. I mean, you know, I, I just feel like uh, personally, again, I, I was that kid that was at work tour every single year. I mean, I, I mean, without question, I was there. Uh, I didn't miss one warp tour. Obviously, we we play. Uh, Spaceman's played a lot of them. Eternal Boy played the last, uh, the last warp tours. Um, but I just feel like there's something so special about warp tour that it's like almost trying to cover a song by Blink when you're a pop punk band. You know, it's like it's like unless it's like for a tribute record or like you're doing mm-hmm. something totally different. Like you don't cover the band in your genre. It's like I don't I don't know if I if I don't know if I'd ever want to be a warp tour. Like Kevin Lyman created something that was so special. Like let's let's do something special in a, in a different way, maybe. And, and, but it's, it's, but to your question, unequivocally, yes, it has crossed my mind. Yep. Without question. You know, me in North Carolina, I'm always super jealous when I see the lineup come out and I'm like, ah, that's like 10, 12 hours away. Dude, a little too You guys are both coming to to 2022. We'll take care of you. I'll give you beers. I'll give you hot dogs. And it will be a great time. That's you had Tom at hot dog. You had me at hot dogs, man. You did. <laughs> and and you know what? And the, the truth of it is, it's just like the fact that there are still people that are willing to take on the enormity of what that is is uh, such an important thing for our music scene, right? Because not only did and this is the point I was going to make is not only did Warp Tour leave a hole for uh, for artists and and of course and and left a hole for for uh, for fans but it, it left a hole like in the scene itself because it was like i, I you know i hate to i hate to take a line from a blink 182 song but i mean you know like you just you couldn't wait for the summer at the warp to like you could yeah. like it was just like you know every year you know you'd get out of school at least we wouldn't on long in long island at the end of june it was just like oh sick warp tours coming in, in, in a couple of like weeks hold on tom this just said in long island i just had to interrupt him did jones i say beach. in long island jones uh, beach i'm gonna take your long island cool card oh, away because you just said in long island oh, as opposed boy. to what on, on. Long on. Island. on long island Ooh. yeah i know i I'm, I'm always getting called i'm always getting called out but that's okay it's okay, but the the but essentially just at the end of it, the point that I'm really trying to make is like, you know, if it isn't for people like people like you who are willing to take on this responsibility, and not only that, but take on a responsibility in a space that's <clears throat> safe in a in a scene that like is unfortunately perpetually unsafe at times, mm. and that's one of the things about Warp Tour that unfortunately. <clears throat> It was so big and so enormous that I, you know, Kevin Lyman couldn't have controlled it at all times and make sure that these spaces were safe. And and you know, you hear the unfortunate stories about, you know, the the grooming and the you know unprofessionalism and the and the, and the I'm not gonna harp on it, but you know, like the bad things that come out of that, yeah. right? So yeah. knowing that there are people that are not only committed to creating a space that you know, enriches music and allows people to go see some of their favorite artists, but to do so in a safe way is super important. So the fact that you're able to cultivate that over these years, and I think of other festivals like, you know, the Fest in Gainesville, and um, uh, I forget uh, the name of it. There's one up in Toronto that they do yeah. all the time. That's, that you know, it's incredible. You know, so yeah. that, Poos, that Poos a fest. Poos a fest. Poos a fest. Yeah, that's yeah. in Mon- Montreal. Yep. But there's, there's another oh, yeah. one. 
Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. it's like a more pop punk one. It's Ron. I can't think of it. But no, nonetheless, it's just that kind of stuff is incredible. And it needs to stick around in the absence of things like bamboozle and skate and surf and, you know, warp tour and all that kind of stuff that, you know, was around when pop punk was enormous, you know? Yeah. I mean, you bring up the safe space issue, but that's certainly something that, that, that is, um, you know, really, really important to me. I mean, it's obviously very hard at times to control what, I mean, when you, anytime growth happens, it's very hard to micromanage every growth spurt. Uh, but, but the, um, you know, for example, we have, um, we have a, a ton of nonprofits at the event that help, I don't want to say keep us in check, but, but keep, um, keep everybody involved in check, you know, uh, there can't be any bullshit at four core music fest. If, if there's any bullshit, I'm, I'm tapping you on the shoulder. I'm kicking you the fuck out. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's no, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no, um, there's no room for that. And that, that's what, that's what punk rock really is to me. Right. It's about like standing up for those that d- they can't really stand up for themselves. Yeah, so, of course. so war, war, I mean, Kevin had really had a lot on his shoulders. I mean, you know, yeah. you're talking about doing a, a 15 to 25,000 person show for what? 70 days, 60 yeah. days. Um, to manage that, you have to start leaning on other people and other mm-hmm. things and other yeah. mechanisms. I fear that day when that comes. Um, uh, but, but you know, I, I can certainly see that that perspective of it. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the one last thing I, I want to ask, and then uh, we'll take a quick break and uh, shoot to our sponsor over here, DraftKings, and then we'll just get into hockey talk. But yes, um, I, I'm just curious as, you know, the size of this festival and what it's become, and the fact that Eternal Boy plays it, like what, like, do you, are you able to block out that like 30 or 40 minute set and actually enjoy it? Or while you're up there, are you just like, what the hell's going on? Like, is this <laughs> happening? Is this going on time? Like, are you able to separate that little chunk of time to enjoy the crowd and enjoy what you're doing and not be like, freaking out very very nice question to ask most people don't ask that i really appreciate that uh most of the time i do this year i did not um just because of covid you know we were we were testing almost every person that came through the venue i mean we had testing up front i mean there were so many i mean i mean the the footprint of the festival was you know you needed a you needed a golf cart to get around i mean there was a lot of things on my mind that day generally i mean 2019 i had the best time of my life almost at any show um, generally I can do that. It's, it's a lot of, pe- a lot of people on the back end, like a lot of the tour managers for the bands ask that to me. Um, and I, I, I enjoy it. I also enjoy seeing all of my friends succeeding and people loving them too. You know, I like seeing keep flying, go, go over super well every year, like makes me stoked. Our boys patent pending, like our best friends, uh, from Long Island, like seeing how well Joe can just, can just take a crowd over no matter where he is we've toured with them in europe i mean he mm-hmm. does it every fucking night like to see yeah. it in my hometown like with my people and our you know i don't want to say my community but like the community of 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 the pittsburgh music scene yeah. uh is enough for me to have a great time um but it's definitely 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 75 percent stress <laughs> i can imagine i, I mean Excellent. So, uh, but you yeah. guys have to come out. You guys have to come out next year if it's safe okay. and it's not obviously if COVID's not you know something that prohibits travel or you don't feel comfortable with. I understand, but you guys got to make it out. So I'm not going to ask the lineup question because I know you can't say anything. But do you have like a window in time? What like like I'm an open book, dude. Stuff? I'll t- I, I sign no NDAs. I make sure I don't <laughs> sign any NDAs. I um 
So, um, oh man, I can't believe I'm talking about this. It's, it's in my brain so much. And like, we, I work on it so much. And it just so happens that this podcast landed like two hours before conversations and everything happened. Um, so Blink is not going to play this year. Um, uh, again, it's just, just, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable putting the full court press on them given what Mark is going through and, and, you know, so, so it's not them, you know, it, it's the lineup. I think that I'm curating is going to be super cool. Um, it's going to have a, a good amount of throwback for people that loved, you know, early two thousands. And it's going to certainly have the new flavor for people. Um, and that's always what I want to do. I want to have, I want to suffice my inner, or if I'm not doing it partly for me, then why am I doing it? Which is the early 2000s shit. Um, and then it's also, again, there's going to be a lot of new stuff that, that people like. But um, off the air, I will tell you guys some more. Okay. Love to hear and that. Are, are you thinking late summer, early summer? S- September 10th. Okay. And maybe 9th, both. Okay. Love to All hear right. that. So I'm, I'm going to put that on my calendar. Do it. Just because of the, just really because of the hot dogs. Everything else, that's all. That's all. That's all icing on the cake. But uh, nothing like nothing like Pittsburgh hot dogs can, uh, compared to New York hot dogs, right? Hell yeah, let's do it. So uh, we're gonna get into some hockey talk, uh, but right now, uh, gonna give you a quick little read from our sponsors. And unfortunately, I'm not gonna do it in a Doc Emmerich voice because all he does is scream, and I can't scream <laughs> for that long. But uh, what I'll do though is I will, maybe I'll give you a little bit of Doc Emmerich at the end, but yeah, nonetheless, okay, fair enough. So anyways, <laughs> um, so DraftKings, uh, you know, they're, they're one of our, one of our sponsors uh, and one of our, really our best sponsors. And we really love, uh, you know, all of the, um, you know, all the great things that they do here, uh, you know, for us at Bar Down and the Hockey Podcast Network, but they've got a really cool thing going on uh, because the NHL season is underway and, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, uh, the NHL, I should say, uh, unbelievable offer. And uh, we're celebrating the greatest sport on ice. So that's, it's better than curling. It's better than figure skating. It's the greatest <laughs> sport on ice. And new customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game, and they can win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. So either team. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper. doesn't matter if it's, you know, knocking the water bottle off of the top or top cheese. doesn't matter if it's the cookie jar. However they light that lamp, you're going to win. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. And DraftKings is giving all of their new customers a free shot at like millions of dollars in total prizes with just one deposit. Unbelievably cool. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Again, that is THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. THPN. Throw down one dollar on any NHL game, and you can win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. So if you know Zach Parisi scores a goal, you might hear something like he shoots, he scores. <laughs> Zach Parisi. <laughs> so this week, one puck in the net. That's your really big win with the promo code THPN. Don't forget that. THPN, and that's at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Boom. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Now, did you did you did you shart when you just did that? Is that what happened? 100% shart. It's just a bad Now, shot. first off, 
DraftKings probably loves us because Tom can make a 30-second ad read four minutes long. So sure they're can. getting just free time out of us. Absolutely. Love DraftKings. Love me some DraftKings. Now, yeah, also, you know, Tom and I have been making those Doc Emmerich jokes for the longest time. Like, he shoots, he scores, Zaparese. <laughs> and it just like, as you were doing that, I was like, holy crap. First of all, Zach Parisi's still playing hockey. Yeah. And he plays hockey on our team. Like, yeah. why have we not been doing that more? Whoa, your team? Like, now that we're on our team, we don't even do it. What What do you, What team is he on now? He's on the Islanders. Yeah. Is he really? Where did I miss that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was like one of those Lou Lamorello, like, sneaky pickups. That the Holy Minnesota shit. Wild bought him not, out. Not, and, uh, not doing a whole lot of much, but... Uh, yeah, but the whole team isn't. You guys got yeah. a whole lot older this season with yeah. Chara and now Parise on that team. You guys yeah. were young before, but even Barry Trotz can't work his magic. No, that's a tough one, man. But let's let's just dive into it, man. So uh, being from Pittsburgh, lifelong Pens fan, I assume. Awesome. So yeah, I, 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 saw that, I saw that four-cord uh, Penguin shirt. Which is oh, incredible. We, well, I'll send you guys a bunch, but we have, uh, yeah, every year there's a there's a Pittsburgh Penguin parody for court. I am, I am a massive, massive Penguins fan. I played hockey growing up. I, uh, um, you know, when you're from a city that has a player like Mary Lemieux, it's hard uh, to not love the team. And what I like about Pittsburgh, I say this very cautiously, um, we do have very smart hockey fans here. Unlike Philadelphia, we have very, very smart hockey fans here. Um, I have to say, uh, I have been to the Coliseum for a Penguins-Islanders game. My goal is to go see the Penguins play in every single away arena in the entire league. I'm at like 20 so far. I believe that Islanders fans are also very fair. I and don't think we've ever gotten that. And intelligent. <laughs> yeah. <never> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but I think it depends for the Islanders fans and just being an Islander fan and knowing Islander fans. It's a generational thing. Hmm. Um, I, I would probably tell you that Islanders fans like that came up at the same, uh, like the same age as, as Mikey and I, like that are in like kind of between, um, I don't know, let's say like 25 and 40, let's call it. Yep. Are much more like, grounded and down to earth than like the like you know the old heads from that are now 60 and 70 that watch like the islanders like cup years mm-hmm. um because a they got so jaded that like you almost can't pull them out of how jaded they are because they experienced like four years of like absolute bliss and then like really essentially like 25 years of like misery so it's hard to pull them out of that. And then the other generational gap, I think, with Islander fans is like, you know, like as far as like being super critical, like it's almost like they they don't understand Trotz's system in so much that like there doesn't need to be like a superstar. Right. hundred percent. And and I feel like the like the old heads just don't get that because they're like, well, bossy and. Gillies and Trottier, and it's just like, yeah, for sure, okay, but like, that was a different time. I mean, this motherfuckers didn't even wear helmets, you know. So, <clears throat> but I get it, you know, and I, I and I get it, and I get there's always going to be that divide. But cool thing is, I appreciate your acknowledgement of that because I happen to think that Mikey and I, of the Islanders contingent of fans that we come across, are probably the most level-headed. Like, we weren't the ones 
burning JT's jersey. Like we weren't the ones like when he, you know, got his head almost taken off in the playoffs. We're like, serves him right. You know, like we weren't those guys. And, you know, some Islander fans are. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I love the Islanders franchise in general. Um, you know, coming from Pittsburgh, I mean, we, we had Brian Trottier for, for two cups in Pittsburgh too. Mm-hmm. Um, we love trots. I mean, you know, I do, I, you know, it's really interesting because in Pittsburgh, the only times we've had success are when we had superstars on the team. Um, Barry Trotz, he didn't, I mean, he succeeded in, in Washington, but like, he didn't like, they didn't win a cup. I mean, they didn't go to the finals under Trotz. I don't believe they ever did. Um, and he, he, he doesn't do well when he's micromanaging an ego of Alex Ovechkin or, you know, maybe John Tavares, you could say that, but, um, I do really appreciate the teams that don't have the superstars and the Pittsburgh Penguins over the next five years are going to go through that and see if that's even remotely possible to happen. And with, you know, we were talking before the Penguins are up for sale. Um, so if the Penguins, um, ownership allows us to, I think that we have no choice, but to, to create a Vegas golden Knights type team, you know, in order to succeed in, in, in the 21st century hockey. So, you know, I can appreciate that for sure. Now, how do you feel about the, the sale of the team? Like so, as, as a fan, like, Deep down inside, like, are you feeling optimistic or are you a little worrisome? So anytime we, again, Pittsburgh is the most spoiled sports town too ever. I mean, between obviously baseball, it's been a very dark 30 years uh, in baseball, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we had four pennants in the seventies. We had four Super Bowls in the seventies. We've had since in my generation, we've had five Stanley cups from 1992 to today we've had two super bowls in the 2000s i mean we are we are totally spoiled and then to to increase the level of spoiledness that we have the one of the greatest if not greatest nhl player of all time mario lemieux purchases the team that so now it's like how i mean yeah i'm skeptical for a new team particularly uh you know uh uh maybe one of the wealthiest sports owning franchises they own liverpool fc you know they own the Boston Bruins, they own some NASCAR. But the mm-hmm. good thing is, is that if the sale does go through, and obviously the NHL has to approve it, this is a, I mean, this is a massive sale. I mean, this yeah. is like, this is essentially like, like in, if it were baseball, it'd be like the Yankees being sold. Yeah. Uh, Lemieux is going to stay as a minority partner. So he will still own the minority, like 49% of the team, which is really encouraging. So I feel okay mm-hmm. about it. They'll infuse money and in some, you know, maybe some new leadership up top and upper administration. So, you know. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, let's just keep rolling and, and Rishi will will pop in once he maybe gets us. Oh, there he is. Whoa. We lost him. <laughs> we're good. We're going to just keep rolling. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. Um. So yeah, anyway, we're we're we were apprehensive at first, but I think I think that we are uh, we'll be okay, we'll be okay. And I really like the next year or two, like as you mentioned, how they handle like an aging Crosby and aging Melkin, like that is really what's gonna like pave the way for the next 10, 15 years of this franchise, like how they handle it, because the last thing you want to get like stuck with is like their value to to deplete and you get 
nothing for yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but, like you know, we I can tell you now, Crosby is going to retire Penguin. I, there has been I have called for a trade of Malkin since 2017. I mean, um, I love might have been the time to do it. Like. It's done now. He's, there's no value. His contract will expire. He'll sign for a fraction of what he's making now, and that'll that'll be the end of his career. Unfortunately, you know, guys like Chris Letang too. I mean, you got to remember from 2003 to 2008. Here are the Penguins' draft picks: Brooks Orpik, Mark Andre Fleury, Sidney or Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, Jordan Stahl, Jay Kensel. I mean. Yeah. We we are pro, we are a well oiled machine. I mean, like we are like are the, the Wilkes Barre Scranton Penguins have been are, are like number one, you know, in the playoffs, in the finals every single year. Like we shouldn't have to worry, but but we are worried. We are gonna worry, obviously. And you know, there's no future, in my opinion, for Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh from this on out. I mean, he's a Russian player. I'm not trying to get weird about Russian players, but they tend to be very lazy unless you're a you know, unless you're a Sergei Fedorov, Dominic Hasek, you know, type kind of player, mm-hmm. um, Pavel Datsuk, I guess too. Um, but you know, we just we we are in trouble. You know, right now we're playing right now. Uh, you're making me fucking miss the Penguins game for this. <laughs> My bad. Uh, but we're playing the Habs, so it's 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 gonna go fine, I think. But yeah, we're, you'll be we're, fine. we're five and six. We're five, six, and four. Like we're we're second to last. We're, we are at the bottom with you guys. Yeah, yeah. it's we're not been right. great for either of us. But you know, you guys. We're at least battling injury, and and now, you know, it just came out yesterday that we're going to be battling injury with our star defenseman Ooh. out for Pulak, oh, Brian no. Pulak. Yeah, so he's out for six to eight weeks. Could have been even longer. Um, so it's st- it stinks there. And then I, I know he hasn't been playing great as of late, but kind of one of our core guys, locker room guys, Josh Bailey is stuck in Florida. He's got you know covid protocol and the covid and, protocol and it's oh, fuck. That, that one that one hurts me the most because first of all he he has been with the islanders through like some really tough years and has <laughs> stuck it out like the fan base turned on him like he was the scapegoat for the longest time mm-hmm. and then we finally get this brand new arena that he's probably been you know he's been with the team since 2008 ooh yeah. he's like all right, I'm finally get get my new arena, and he's not even going to be in in the game opening night Ugh. because of COVID protocol. That's 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 gut wrenching. Like as yeah. a hockey fan, like that's that's like that's like Crosby not playing the first uh, you know game at uh, Consol Energy Center. 2010, we got a new arena after yeah. the igloo. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, though, the, you know the Isles have the Penguins' number. I mean, that's that's without question. I mean, it, every, I mean, it seems like. What I mean, Anders Lee, Josh Bailey at the time. I know I don't, Eberle's not on the team anymore, right? Nah, he's on no. the Kraken now, yeah. He's on the Kraken, right? I mean, dude, it mm-hmm. seemed like every time we would, we would like, we would draw the Islanders number in the playoffs and like we'd be cruising and it'd go to six, seven games overtime. Then it would, you know, finally, I mean, you guys beat us the last two, two times we played in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that was. I, the last time the Islanders beat the Penguins, what was that? Right before 2019, before pandemic. Yeah, yeah, 2019. Pretty, yeah, that was the game. That was the series. You guys swept us. Yep. Yeah, that was this. That was the series that uh, Lemieux made a statement to the uh, to upper administration saying that we need to make a change. So, thank you for fucking up my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but we 
we what what happened that year? We we swept the Penguins, and then we and got then we swept got by swept the, by the Blue Jackets. Blue right? Jackets. Oof. No, we got. Wait, uh, no, we got swept by the Hurricanes. 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 Yeah. And I was there, Game Four, for that sweep. That was the, that was the most like difficult fan moment I've ever had in my life. To watch your team get swept on the road, and like those oh in North Carolina, in North Carolina, those fans giving it to me. Like normally they they leave us alone, but they were giving it to us. I mean, come like, on, dude. It's it's like saying you're a Hurricanes fan is like saying you're a Capitals fan. It's like you there. There's no real like core fan base. It's called PNC Bank Arena, isn't it? Yeah, is that where the Hurricanes play. That's a Pittsburgh yep. Bank, Pittsburgh National <laughs> Bank. I mean, the uh, is that what it stands for? Yeah. PNC Bank is Pittsburgh's biggest one of the one of our biggest economic drivers. Um, That's so funny. It's uh yeah it's 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 tough seeing your team lose in another city. But here's a question for you guys: What is your most the most memorable game you've ever been to uh, with the Islanders? I got it. Go for it. All right. So, 2001, we're on Long Island. 9/11 happens, and Ooh. you know, the Islanders start their season on like a seven or eight game road trip. So you got to figure September 11th, right around the start of the hockey season, New York is like going through the toughest moment ever. And the Islanders that summer made all of these moves. We brought in Mike Pekka, Alexei Yashin, like unbelievable, like stars that I actually knew who they were. Like normally whenever the Islanders brought someone in, I'd be like, who, who is that? (laughs) And like, here they are making moves and then nine 11 happens. They're on the road and they actually, I think they went like seven and Oh, and one, like they lost like an overtime game. And like, that was when New York was like finally shifting. Cause it's, it's a Rangers like town, unfortunately. And people actually started talking about the Islanders. And I remember going to their home opener that year and like, the American flags out on the ice. It was unbelievable. That, hmm. that was my moment. Did they win? No, that <laughs> they lost that game. <laughs> Who'd they play? I, I think it was like Detroit. I, I'm so bad with that, dude. I'm so, I, I go to a game like two weeks ago and forget like, <laughs> who do they play? Like, what was the score? Did they win. Like, I'm, I'm not good like that, but there's some people that we get on this podcast. They're like, yeah, I went to my first game, 1992, they played the so-and-so, the score was this, this guy scored. I'm like, how the hell do you remember that? Yeah, I can do that. You, you can do, I, See, I, I, I'm not like that, unfortunately. They played the, the Red Wings in early 2000s. I mean, they were the team. Yeah, they yeah, were. They were the team. I, I kind of should and, look that up. Honestly. You can um, give yours, Tom, as I look this up. No, on, honestly, I, I was going to say that, like, you know, unfortunately, I don't, like – as far as like being at a hockey game, I've never really been, <clears throat> I've never had the pleasure of going to a playoff game yet, unfortunately. Um, you know, and a lot of the games that I've been to were a, a blast and a lot of fun, but none of them were, were like really like incredible or profound moments. But right. some of the stuff that, you know, I remember is like being really young, like being like seven or eight years old, like 94, 95 and like, you know, my uncle taking me to games, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, my, like my mom taking me to games and stuff. And just like having those experience of being like so young and being so like blown away by just like hockey in general. Right. 
And then, you know, I, I've, I've made this well known, but like my love for hockey started, you know, being young, going to games. And then it really started to flourish, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> when I started getting into video games and I started playing Ooh. the NHL series for Sega, Super Nintendo, uh, PlayStation. Like that's where I started to really love hockey. And that's where like, I would say like when I was probably 12 or 13 years old, like I was that stat nerd because like I would play, you know, these games so often and I would know, you know, all the West coast teams and all the guys on the teams and like all these, like, that's how I learned about like the team Mussolini and Paul Korea and, uh, Pavel Bure and Jerome McGinla and, uh, you know, like Luke Robitaille and all these guys that were on the West coast that like, yeah, I never got to see them because, you know, if Islanders played, you know, the Kings or the Sharks or whoever, it was 10, 10, 30, I was in bed by then, you know? Yeah. But I always felt like, like I was such an impressive little young guy because like people would talk about hockey and I'd be like, oh yeah, Trevor Linden's one of my favorite players. And they're like, who? who? <laughs> And I'm just like, yeah, he's on Vancouver. Like, get with it, like nerd, you know? So, like, that's kind of like – that's kind of where my love for hockey started to really flourish. And then, of course, I did the thing that most people who love mu music and musicians and all that stuff where you hit a point where, like, someone tells you that, like, you know, professional sports are stupid and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. So that happened. I had, a, I had a long period, I'd say probably four or five years, where, like, I stopped caring about all those kind of things because – I was young and impressionable and, you know, people were like, ah, it's stuff is dumb, like counterculture, like just listen to more punk rock. And I was like, okay. So like I got rid of all my, like, you know, I stopped playing video games and I stopped watching sports, man. I used to be, I, I shit you not, man. Like eight years old, I would fall asleep with sports center on and I would wake up with sports center. Fucking love that. See, that's a, that's a story I wanted to hear there, Tom. I mean, that's it, man. That's, that's the shit. That's the shit. That is what I, that's how I remember it too. Yep. And that's, I was the same thing. High school. I was like, Ooh, dude, like more blink, more, more yep. Pennywise, more, oh, more yeah. no effects. hundred percent, man. And, and it's, and it's a bummer that, you know, like that kind yeah. of, that, yeah. The bummer that that happened. Which it really sucks. is. Yeah. No, it's, it really is. But yeah, luckily, no, I agree. I, yeah, I totally get, agree. You get older and then you realize the error of your ways and then you go back to it. So <laughs> well I, I makes like when you i think there's a delay now which is why i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to go slow there's a delay here now i noticed that but i, I was going to comment on on tom you know you, you mentioning how you know playing video games is how you got exposed to a lot of those west coast players and the first thing i think about is Connor mcdavid and like all I hear about is how fantastic Connor McDavid is. And like the things he's doing are unbelievable. I think I've only watched maybe like five or six games where Connor McDavid's played because it's, you know, first of all, Edmonton's not getting those national games. And then like, I have the hockey package, but by the time their games start at 10 o'clock at night, being a third grade teacher, there's no chance I'm staying up that late. <laughs> like, no chance. I'm deep in REM sleep by that time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the NHL Network has really helped my, uh, my love for hockey grow even more. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I'm the same way, man. I played all those video games. I was a stack guy. I collected every single hockey card. I, 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 my parents' house, I have the biggest hockey card collection this side of the, of the border of, the, of Canada. Um, but, but for me, again, you know, it's like, I loved all those players, man. Like, and then like Marcus Naslin was a guy that was drafted a penguin and then went yeah. to the Canucks. So I then mm -hmm. loved the Canucks, you know, Pavel Bure <laughs> was like 
dude. I mean, that dude was 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 next level. He's the Conor McDavid yeah. of that time, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. that really, I w I'm similar in that. I got into the stats and into the into the card game, and then I lost interest, and then I got back into it. I hate to say when um, Crosby got drafted. Yeah, but I and you and you shouldn't hate to say that. I mean, like I, you know, a lot of Crosby gets that that stigma, you know, like you know, oh, crybaby Crosby, this, that, and the other thing, but like. If it wasn't for Crosby, who knows, honestly, where the NHL would, would be right now. If it wasn't for guys like Crosby and Ovi and, you know, that that turn of the, you know, 09 to 010 to 10 and 11, that Blackhawks team. I mean, yeah, like, dude. dude, the NHL was like coming out of uh, when was the the, the 05. Like, 05, 05 right? senior year, dude. How do you ever forget that? Like coming out of that, man, like the NHL could have been like dead in the water. Well, here here's a here's a really interesting question. I'd be very impressed if you guys knew this. Do you know after the lockout, right? Because the lockout, it was the Crosby Ovechkin draft. They changed the rules. No more two line offside passes. The trapezoid, mm -hmm. you know, the yep. smaller goals. What network had the rights to watch for, to get the NHL games nationally right after the lockout? Right after the lockout. This this shows how in trouble the NHL was. I couldn't even tell you. Versus. Dude, so, okay. Yes, it became Versus, <laughs> but it was called OLN, the Outdoor Network. Wow. So they could not get any contract. ESPN, NBC wasn't even, in, wasn't even close. Mm -hmm. They do one season with OLN, the Outdoor Network. Then that gets bought by Versus. Then that, tr that shifted to NBC. But without that Crosby-Ovechkin matchup, without, you know, in that same draft class was like, Ryan Getzlav was like Corey Perry was like these, these dudes that like made hockey great again. Um, not to steal violent gentlemen's uh, violent gentlemen's phrases, no, but, we can. Uh, shout out violent gentlemen's. They are the best. They are the best, <laughs> dude. the best, but uh, yeah, man, without that, without those dudes, I mean like, you know, th there would be no NH, there'd be no, it might not be any NHL. Yeah. And, and can I just say something real quick. I'm so proud. Like I'm so proud of myself that I remembered verses. And now that I think back on that, like, holy cow, they played on a network called Versus. And, like, yeah. what the heck is that? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that is, that, what the heck? And I, I totally forgot about that, and, like, and, that era. Holy cow. And not only that, I, I when they announced, like, this year that they were going to enter into a partnership with, with ESPN for, like, seven years or however long, that blew me away because after the lockout happened, the, the – ESPN just denounced hockey, man. Like, and and I, I've said it on the podcast many a times, but even up until like two or three years ago, the NBA finals and the NHL finals typically always run concurrently, right? Yep. And when I tell you, man, that like you could have had like a three OT barn burner in, in like game three of the cup <laughs> and ESPN would just be like this just in like, Steph Curry like has yellow shoelaces now. And they would just do like 45 minutes of discourse on his yellow like shoelaces while like poor Linda Cohn and Barry Melrose are just in the back like shut up. We can we please talk about hockey and they're like shut up. Shut up. You don't talk about hockey. Yeah, like, dude. ESPN just yeah. just I mean fucking pushed NH I mean you couldn't Penguins win the cup or, or Blackhawks win the cup. The Kings yeah. win the cup. Bruins win the cup. Those are the teams that in that era were like really killing it. It's yeah. like, it was like the last thing at the, like before the last commercial. So it wasn't even like the last part of sports center. Um, it, I mean, it really, it sucks, but I mean, it just goes to show that this is all business.
You know, it's, it's, um, you know, now they have the contract. They're going to talk about the NHL way more. Barry, Mel- Barry Melrose, though, I don't know if you noticed, does Barry Melrose seem off to you? He's uh, always seemed off. No? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I have such an appreciation for, for Linda Cohn because, like, she, like, she tried her damnedest, man. She did. Like, she was always an advocate for the NHL. And, um, but, you know, now that between ESPN and TNT and getting guys like, you know, Gretzky involved and, um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of who they have on their panel. It's nasty. It's it yeah, nasty. It's nasty. I think Anson Carter, Anson. I think still, and uh, Gretzky. And there's someone else who I can't think about. Older guy. Uh, uh, it'll come to me. But anyways, I, it's it's awesome. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm a proponent for anything that that the world can do to lift the NHL up is, yeah, is, is incredible. Is incredible. Even, even if, you know, even if it's, you know, something stupid, like, you know, them pulling the Kraken's draft picks out of the fish that they're throwing around at, <laughs> at, at the fish market in Seattle, like as kitschy as that was like, great. You Dude, know, the golden Knights more intro eyes stuff. On, yep. Exactly. If you're getting, get more eyes on hockey, why the hell not? Right. I agree completely. Amen. So let, let's just turn it back to music real quick and, and, and what's going on with Eternal Boy because I did see that you also just announced your holiday show. So let, let's chat that real quick. I, I know Keep Flying's on it, but you know how, how many years have you done this holiday show and, and what should we expect? So normally we tour, we, we would, you know, we'd be on the road. This, we did four chord and this is the only other show that we're doing in 2022 or 2021. Um, this is now probably the seventh installment of our, when we did it back when we were called the space pimps the last two years. And then, um, so it's probably the seventh year we've done it. Uh, new venue in Pittsburgh. It's a, it's a 500 cap space. It's a, it's a really nice um, venue called Thunderbird. Our boys keep flying around it who are, you know, our besties. They're of course, a lot of them are long Island guys. Uh, Patton Penning was supposed to play it, but Joe has a conflict with his new uh, musical endeavor. We'll say, um, and, uh, then we have a band from Pittsburgh or, or on four chord every year as well. It's like four chord, the small bill of four chord, uh, called lookout Loretta. And then, then we always put a new local band, um, from the Pittsburgh area on They're called the middle room. Uh, it's usually a great time. Normally we do like a half cover set. So like one year we did a half cover set of blink. Another man did a half cover set of newfound. Another did a half cover set of the starting line. Um, but we just did it straightforward just because, you know, I mean, we wanted to keep it short and sweet. But uh, there's no Penguin game that night. We always book the show on a night where there is not a Penguin game. Um, and as a season ticket holder of the Penguins, by the way, did I tell Ooh. you that? Season oh, ticket excellent. holder. Is, it, is this year one? This is year. This is my first big boy purchase with any money I had ever made in anything. I got it the year 2009, 2008, 2008. Uh, had awesome. it. So, uh, yeah, so. Holiday show is Pittsburgh Penguin friendly for those that are in Pittsburgh. And I did not check the Long Island schedule, but I am sure that they will uh, probably be losing the game if they are playing a game that <laughs> night. Um, so, yeah, so we do that every like year. That. Um, it's around Christmas and, and that's it. It's a good time. Hell yeah. I, I love those holiday shows. I've actually never I don't think I've ever attended one, but I, I, I don't know why I haven't. A, but on a couple what, see, seeing like, you know, notoriously the starting line do theirs the wonder years do theirs every yeah. time i die do theirs yeah. i'm like yeah. man that is so awesome and i, I see 
keep flying has their own like version of it on new year's day and they're playing we were, supposed, we, were we were supposed to play it and uh but it's really tough to make a show happen you know on new year's day uh yeah. so so but driveway oh yeah they're coming from boston or massachusetts yep mass yeah for sure right yeah yeah I, I, those holiday shows are always great. They're always really cool because there's always little surprises and all that kind of stuff. I've been to uh, a couple of the starting lines and um, at Hammerstein and they're always a blast. So uh, love that. Love holiday shows. Uh, really super excited for, for what's, what's on the horizon for eternal boy and four chord. Uh, really looking forward to four chord uh, eight uh, in September and uh, looking forward to uh, all those hope- hot dogs. Oh, there's so many hot dogs. Hot so dogs. Time. Hot dogs. <laughs> hot dogs. Hot dogs. That's the way. That's the way my wife says hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> good for her, man. She she loves her Chicago dog, and uh, she's the best, man. So, uh, dude, Rishi, thank you so much, man, for taking the time to be on here. Give us some insight about you know what it's like to book a, a an enormous music festival. Just getting to know a little bit more about you, you know, Eternal Boy, you know, four chord music, the label, and all this great stuff. It it, it really is such a blast. We, we're Mikey and I are are we don't say it often enough, but we're really lucky to to do what we do, uh, and to you know have 143 episodes of all different people who love hockey just as much, and sometimes probably even more than we do. Uh, but uh, just this parallel that we've been able to explore is really great. So uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for being on with us uh, real quick before Dude, we you shoot... should have just said one, four, three, because it's episode one, four, three. Oh, that means I love you in, 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 in numbers. like weird, like beeper <laughs> language in, in beeper <laughs> language. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but real quick, uh, if you just want to give a quick uh, social drop, just so everyone who's uh, listening and, checking in can know where to find eternal boy can know where to find four chord music festival four chord music drop those on us and then we will uh, lead out into the good night i want to thank you guys first of all very much what interesting people to to meet i you know anytime you guys are even in the area you want to catch a pens isles game anywhere let's let's make it happen four chord eight your, your names are on the guest list so you better you better show up i'll be offended i'm kidding i won't be offended but you should come um <laughs> Uh, so thank you for that. Um, eternalboymusic.com. Everything you'll ever need to know is on there. Fourchordmusic.com. F-O-U-R. Chordmusic.com for the label. Four F-O-U-R. Chordmusicfestival.com for everything you would need about the festival. It's basically uh, the landing pages that you can get all the info. Um, go Pens. Amen. I love great it. Way to, great way to end it off. So uh, from all of us here, Bar Down, um, thank you so much for being on. And uh, – You have a great rest of your night, all right? Later. See ya.
She's not the type of girl who laughs at your dumb jokes. She makes a point to say that you're not funny at all. I wrote you this song so I can finally say, I hope you choose to stay. I'm in love.